Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What's up and what's happening, everybody? And welcome back for the 119th episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane. And tonight, we got a full crew, baby. We got our two co-hosts, DG and D-Lane. Here with us tonight. We're here to break down. I wanted to get these guys' thoughts on the Scott Frost era at Nebraska, uh, talking about the onside kick. I know I covered it in yesterday's episode that I dropped, but I wanted both of their opinions on it. And then we're here to cover some week one, uh, give out some predictions on the big games like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Cincinnati, so on and so forth. Uh, Just two of those to preview that little segment right there. So with that being said, guys, DG, D-Lane, how uh, how how did everything go this weekend? Watching week zero went pretty good. Uh, I mean, not really, you know, too big of games, but I mean, it was still nice to have a little football back. No doubt, no doubt. DG, yeah, man, same thing. Uh, I mean, I only watched uh, I only watched one, but um, the one I watched is a really good game. So, you know, like I said, like D said, just excited to have college football back. Yeah, man, and and I tell you, I know you only watched one, and you said it was North uh, Northwestern and Nebraska. Well, you missed one in uh, out on the island, prime time CBS Sports Network, baby. The Vanderbilt Commodores, DG. All right, they're going to be a problem over there in the East. <laughs> yeah. All three wins. <laughs> but anyway, man, um, guys, I wanted to start it off tonight. With talking about Nebraska, I gave my thoughts on yesterday's episodes that I released, and I want to get both of your thoughts. And, DG, I want to start with you, man. The Scott Frost era, they had a lot of hype coming into the year. They lay an egg in Dublin, Ireland with uh, Northwestern. And right there in the middle of the third quarter, man, they had an 11-point lead. It looked like everything was going their way. Scott Frost pulls a terrible – onside kick what were your thoughts on that uh should it have happened should he not have called it and just give me your overall thoughts on him as a head coach at nebraska and is this the end of it for him yeah man i i don't don't necessarily think the um onside kick was you know anything crazy i I know i saw somebody say the other day that like you know everybody's bashing him now but you know if they get the onside kick and they they get it and go down and score and make it a 18-point game, like, everybody's praising him. Oh, you know, what a gutsy call. Do I think he was smart? No, yeah. not really. But, like, their offense was rolling in the first half, and then all of a sudden, in the second half, they couldn't get nothing going. So, I mean, like, you can't really blame the whole game on, like, an offense – I mean, like, a one onside kick. Um, and their defense is awful. Ryan Hel- They made Ryan Helensky look like the best quarterback in college football. Um, mm-hmm. which he played well. I mean, he had, he had some really good throws, but, man, like, he had all day to throw. They, you know, it just seemed like they just couldn't get anything going. And then, like – Casey Thompson looked like somebody that was going to be, you know, competing for like Big Ten Player of the Year type shit in the first quarter, first half, and then came out the second half and looked just like he did 
you know, in t- at times with Texas last year. I mean, he's a good quarterback, man. He's talented, and you can see that when he plays well. But it was like once Nebraska got down or kind of got – like the game got close, even when they were still up, it just seemed like everything sped up for him, sped up for the offense. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw something the other day, and it's like – I was reading something. You know, it's one of those things, man. It's like a, a team that's just, uh, you know, been struggling. Like it's, like it's like it's like they get that mindset like, oh, shit, here we go again. It's like they, they kind of – they can't get that out of their head, you know. Like they don't, they don't have a win. Yeah. They don't have a winning mentality. They don't have a winning mindset. So it's like when you get used to losing, when 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 tough situations start arising or you know games get closer than maybe they should be, like they don't have that dog in them to like finish the game yet. Like they, they're 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 only thing they know is oh man, last year we lost seven games that were within you know one possession. Like oh, we're gonna do it again today. And I mean, like you hate to see it like that because like. Obviously, no, no. I I didn't grow up with Nebraska ever being worth a damn, but I mean, I know they were really good in the nineties. But like, to me, it's to me obviously not knowing them in Nebraska is a good team ever growing up. Like, I don't I don't see them as one of those schools. Like, oh man, well, I can't wait to have Nebraska back good at college football. Like, I mean, it don't matter to me. Like, Miami is a team. That, you know, Miami's Miami and USC. Those are like in Texas. Those are the three schools that like I've seen be good. So it's like you want to see those teams kind of get back to you know prominence. Um, and then as far as Scott Frost, man, it's like I think it's it's a tough situation to me and Kadu because like he went what thirteen and zero that one year at, at US, UCF. I don't even know. I think it was his only year there, wasn't it? I don't know if he'd been there before that, and um, like how long he'd been there. But like he had one great season. Boom! All saints as a head coach at Nebraska. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's a ton of pressure on that guy. Like he's going in as a as an alumni, as a guy who played football there. You know, it's like. He's supposed to be the savior of the world, turning his program around. It's like, man, not only is it a school that's going to be probably tough to recruit to. I don't know what their facilities look like, but you're in a really tough conference. Like, you got to recruit against Ohio State. You got to recruit against mm-hmm. Michigan. I, you know, Iowa. I'm not Iowa. Great Penn State. Then you're like, you're right in the Midwest, so you're still having to compete with Oklahoma and Texas. And I mean, obviously, Alabama, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, LSU, people like that. If they got players in the Midwest they want to get. Guess what? They're going to get them before Nebraska. Um, so, I mean, it's a tough situation to be in. I did see a thing they were comparing his his record compared to, like, Bo Pelini's record or something like that, and that's kind of like um, – I think Bo Pelini, like, won, like, nine nine games, at least nine games, like, seven straight years, and they fired him. Um, so, I mean, I think he's done. Yeah. I don't think – unless unless they somehow won out or, you know, had a crazy rest of the season, I don't see him making it, to, making it after the season. And if they keep continue to struggle, I don't see him making it past maybe week eight. So, mm, yeah, uh, DG, you hit a lot of the points that I hit last night, uh, right there in that short little segment that you had on it. D Lane, I wanted to kick it over to you and get your thoughts on it. We watched it together, and I know as soon as it happened, we both said the same thing. So I want to hear uh, your side of it, man. Yeah, I mean the 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 onside kick. Um, me looking at it, I think it was kind of a I, – obviously, I mean, I think it was stupid. I mean, you were up 11 points at the time. Um, no, you know, your defense wasn't playing too terrible at that point. I mean, you had an 11-point lead. Instead of making Northwestern drive, you know, 75, 80 yards, you gave them a, a 50-yard drive, you know. Northwestern mm-hmm. come down, scored. I think it completely – to me, I think it lost Nebraska the game. And it's – it's yeah. just not like that, you know, that one play 
you know, can cause like, you know, a game to, but it just shifted the whole momentum, you know? Like, exactly. It seemed like as soon as that onside kick happened and Northwestern drove it right down there and scored on that possession, the, mm. uh, you just saw the life in Nebraska. I mean, it just looked like you just, Northwestern ripped their freaking heart out. And, um, and when that happened, I think it was pretty much Scott Frost uh, signing his uh, signing his death note. You know, I mean, I mm. thought, like, me personally, I mean, you blew two, two double-digit leads in one game. I mean, like, come on, mm. man. And that one, the onside kick, obviously, you know, it it cost you the game in my eyes. It uh, but you know, kind of like did you said, like, it, how do you like? Being Nebraska, like, how do you recruit against the big schools? Really, I mean, like, what what's yeah. your pitch? You know, like, hey, we haven't we haven't had you know we haven't been good since what oh one was the last oh one oh one they played the national championship against yeah. Miami. And you know, it's like you know, how do you walk into a kid's home and say, hey, man, like, come to Nebraska where there's cornfields everywhere you look, and don't go mm -hmm. play for a guy that's won seven national championships in fifteen years, or you know. So it's like, how does Scott like? How do you recruit to Nebraska? Um, but just all around, I mean that that game, everything that happened. I think Scott Frost. I don't even know if he makes it to October. Um, mm. And it's it's kind of tough because um, like they did hit the portal really good, uh, really hard, and they had some good uh, some good guys come. But it's man, you just can't lose the Northwestern like that. You can't blow two double digit leads. Um, yeah, Northwestern. Yeah, D Lane, and and see that's my thing on it, man. With Nebraska is guys, they're really talented. All right, you look on the field, and we saw talent. All right, we saw the Trey Palmer and the Casey Thompson, and and we could go on and on and on. You know, uh, we saw that they have talent, but I think like DG said, and I touched on this yesterday, is they have a losing mentality. And yeah. DG DG hit the nail on the head, man. He said. When you get in a close game, you start to feel a little pressure of, oh, no, here it goes again. Uh, we're not going to be able to close this game out. And ultimately, I think that's what led to the onside kick, fellas, is Scott Frost tried to – he tried to press one too many buttons. And he felt the pressure of – Everybody in Nebraska wanting him to succeed. And he said, hey, let's go win this game right here. And he made a terrible coaching decision. And like like D-Lane said, it gave Northwestern all the momentum in the world. And, and ultimately, you lost the game because late in the second half, after all this happened, Northwestern's offensive line just started parting the sea, mm -hmm. man. I mean, they started moving Nebraska off the ball so bad um, and, and – it wasn't even close in the fourth quarter, man. They were getting five, six yards of carry, you know, and, and Nebraska, could they couldn't do anything about it. So, uh, ultimately, man, I heard a stat. I heard a stat, and this is what I think gets Frost going, is this morning I was listening to, to Crane and Company, and Jake Crane said if Scott Frost was to go 50-0 and over his next 50 games, his win percentage would still be less than Bo Pelini's. Mm. That's that's insane. I you gotta go. You're out. And I'll tell y'all, I think he he gets fired in October because I think they lose to Oklahoma. And then in October, October first, his buyout drops from fifteen million to seven million. And so I think he's out there. 
But I, I just really wanted to hit on that with y'all. I, I covered it yesterday and gave my thoughts on it. And so I was really excited to get both of you on and hear that. So um, moving on real quick, the little short 10 minute segment there. I wanted to I wanted to go ahead and hop in. There's a, there's a big game Thursday night and I wanted to cover it first. It's the backyard brawl, man. We finally get to experience the backyard brawl again. West Virginia and Pitt. Look, I had Logan Carney on on the podcast and he covers the West Virginia Mountaineers. And West Virginia just come out today and announced that JT Daniels was their starting quarterback. Um, I talked with Logan, and we were talking about Neil Brown, and it's go time at West Virginia. This is the year that the fans are really on his ass about saying, like, hey, you know, it's time to turn it up now. Like, we're expecting – you know, to get back to the Pat White days, uh, a couple good years with Dana Holgerson. And, you know, we want to get to 9-10 wins, you know. We want to compete for Big 12 championships, and we really need you to to get it together. We have an elite quarterback with JT Daniels now. So the, the pressure is on Coach Brown up there in, in West Virginia, and they start out with a tough one, man. They start out with a tough one with Pitt, even though – they lose Kenny Pickett and and the Addison kid out at wide receiver. They're still returning a slew of talent, a slew of talent. So I wanted to to give a preview of this matchup first, and I wanted to give a, a score prediction from each one of us. And, DG, I'll start with you, man. Pittsburgh and West Virginia, Thursday night, the backyard brawl. What are your thoughts on this game, man? Oh, uh, yeah, man, I think it's uh... – like you said, it's a cool game to kind of get the season started with. Uh, I know it used to be a huge rivalry back in the day. Um, another kind of cool storyline is the two quarterbacks playing in the game. Keaton Slovis, who will be starting Pittsburgh, is who took JT Daniels' job at USC. Um, when JT Daniels got hurt, I guess it was a sophomore year, Keaton Slovis was who took the spot and then never gave it back up. And then Keaton Slovis got hurt last year, and Jackson Dart took his spot, and now he's gone. So – um, it's just a bunch of guys who have all left USC at some point. Now they're, you know, found a new home. Uh, man, dude, you said JT Daniels is considered an elite quarterback. I don't know what what our definition of elite is, um, but that man's a bum. Mm-hmm. I, I, he sucks. Like, dude was awful last year. Oh. He, was, he was so bad, Stetson Bennett took his job. Like, straight up. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if it's not they for his defense. because of injury, though. Man, come on. He maybe was injured, but he still wasn't good enough to take the job when he got back. So that's my point. Like Stetson Bennett wasn't, you know, setting the world setting, you know, and that'd be different if Stetson Bennett out there setting the world on fire, but like he wasn't doing anything to win the game. It wasn't like Stetson Bennett out there throwing for three fifty. Yeah, but 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 yeah, but West Virginia is in a lot better spot at at the quarterback position than than they were at. You know, I mean, oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, JT Daniels is going to get up there in the in the Big Twelve and sling it around. Yeah, I mean, for sure, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't keep up with West Virginia, obviously, very much. I don't know what he's got around him. And like you said, I know Pitt had – I mean, like, it was crazy was if Pitt would have brought back Jordan Addison, I think they'd have, like, one of the best wide receiver cores in college football. Like, um, I know they had a couple other guys that no came doubt. down there. Keaton Slows is a stud. Like, Keaton Slows was – like, I mean, he was a lot of people's, like, top quarterback. And, well, I don't know if he's – I think he's a junior. I don't know what class he is, but – he was one of the top quarterbacks, like in his class, like after his freshman year. Because I mean, he he showed out once JT Daniels got hurt. But obviously, that's when USC wasn't bringing in the talent they probably got now. So like he didn't really get to shine, and then he got hurt. So it was kind of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But um, I know a lot of people are high on Pitt. I'm not as high on Pitt as like Desmond Howard might be. But um, 
Man. <laughs> I, I think Pitt's good. Man. Am I giving my prediction for the game now, or are we going to let Detail first? No, nah, man, go ahead. You can give your prediction, then we'll keep yeah, it over I, to uh, D-Lane. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I mean, just like, like me and D were talking about earlier, week one games, for the most part, are always pretty good. Like you're gonna have, It's going to be sloppy because uh, most teams don't practice tackling, you know, to the ground, and then now you yeah. guys are tackling again. So probably be some missed tackles, some plays that, you know, maybe should happen or won't happen in three weeks that happened this week. Uh, but I think – Overall, talent-wise, I like Pitt. I think Pitt's better. I think J- I think Keaton Slovis is better than JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. So, give me Pitt. It's at Pitt, I think, too. So, give me Pitt yeah. 34 to 23. Mm. Pittsburgh. Okay. D-Lane, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a – kind of like D, you know. I mean, this, West Virginia really hasn't been, you know, a great football program. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, really, like, keep up with them and stuff like that. Um but, yeah, I mean, you know, going that Desmond Howard thing, I mean, Pittsburgh, I mean, you lose Kenny Pickett and he's got him in the playoffs, that's just wild to me. And, uh, you know, their wide receiver still got him in the playoff team, that's just crazy. Um, but I still think Pittsburgh is by far the, uh, the more talented team. Uh, kind of agree with D. I don't, I don't believe JT Daniels is the guy to kind of put West Virginia at a, you know, maybe an eight-win, nine-win season. Uh, it's not going to happen. I uh, don't think he's very good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think Pitt's just way more talented. It's at Pitt also. Uh, so, yep. I, I like West Virginia going down week one to Pitt. And I'm going to say I'm gonna say 31, 31, 31-13. Uh, wow. 31-13 Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, so, kind of close to, to D-Lane um, – D Lane going 31 13. I'm going to go 31 20 Pitt. Like, like both of you said, it is at Pitt. Um, I had Logan Carney on this podcast, like I said uh, earlier, and he was talking about the JT Daniels thing. And, and he was telling me that, uh, you know, the West Virginia fans are, are kind of heated right now. They want to win, uh, they're ready to win. And, he just looks at this schedule, and he sees six and six. And, that, you know, he told me straight up. He was like, man, there's just so many questions in the secondary, and I'm just – I have so many questions about this defense. And that that kind of hit the alarm button right there for me in this Pittsburgh matchup is, is West Virginia's secondary going to make enough plays to stop this Pitt offense? And I just can't trust – a West Virginia defense on the road, especially in a rivalry game. There's no way I can trust a West Virginia defense. Not in this one. I like Keaton Slovis. I think he steps in there at Pitt, and I think he lights it on fire just like Kenny Pickett did. I, I don't think you know, you're going to see too much of a drop-off because Pitt also returns every offensive lineman. They return a three-headed horse backfield, and so he has guys – around him okay he has playmakers around him even though he lost jordan addison uh there pitt's still gonna put out wide receiver after wide receiver man they've they've had some some really really good wide receivers come through that program so i really like pitt in this game 31 to 20 and 
Pitt's defense, man. I know their defensive line. You know, I know their defensive line is going to be stacked, but I really want to look at this secondary because, like both of you said, you're you're you know you don't buy them too much, but I think if their back end on their defense can can be really really good, you know, and and create some turnovers, I think Pitt could be a problem in the ACC. All right, and and I really like this Pitt team. So, uh, with that being said, we are going to move on to our next game and. Guys, I, I really – with DG in here, man, I really want to break down Utah and Florida for this next one, okay? And and that's what I'm going to shoot to real quick. Uh, D-Lane, I'm going to kick it to you first, and we're going to save the meat and potatoes for DG second. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's – I think it's going to be – I don't know. It's it's kind of tough, you know. I mean, Florida's coming in with all – all pretty much a whole new coaching staff. Um, I, I mean, it helps that, you know, it is in Gainesville. It is a very tough environment. Um, mm-hmm. But me personally, man, I just I just think Utah's got a lot of – a lot of good talent coming back. Um, kind of really – you know, didn't see much of Anthony Richardson last year in my eyes. Um, I think he kind of – he definitely got thrown to the wolves. Uh, DG, correct me if I'm wrong, his first start was against Georgia, right, in Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. Like his first big start. That was the only um, start of the season. Yeah. Okay. And uh, So, yeah, I mean, he definitely got thrown to the wolves. Don't really know if that was a smart decision um, to, you know, make that his first collegiate start. And um, But I just think I – I just think Utah is really – Got a lot of a lot of good talent coming back, and uh, it's going to be tough for them to go into Gainesville and uh, knock out knock out Florida. Um, it's very, like I said, very tough environment. But I do like Utah um, to beat Florida in Gainesville Week One. And <clears throat> oh, DJ, I hate it, but uh, I'm gonna say thirty four. I'm gonna say thirty four seventeen Utah. Wow. Wow, D Lane going big, DG. Yeah. What you got to say about that, dog? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I know Utah's kind of like the trendy pick for a lot of people. Like it's Pac-12 champs and, and even a playoff contender. I mean, man, you lose this game in Gainesville. Like, I don't even know. Like I, I think Florida. I mean, I obviously, I'm a Florida fan, so I'm you know going to say be sound biased. But Florida talent wise is not an unranked team. I, Florida's problem is, man, we just don't have depth. I think if Florida's depth wasn't an issue, I think Florida would be getting a lot more um, credit for what they got. Because our first string, in my opinion, at talent-wise, can run with just about any, maybe not everybody, but is a top 15, top 20 team. Um, but it's the fact that after that first string, it's just like 
it's not even that we won't have good players. It's just such unknowns. There's so many players that don't have a lot of experience. Like the other day, even Billy Napier said in his press conference after last week's scrimmage, um, he's like, you know, everybody wants to put this crown on Anthony Richardson. He's like, man, but he's only thrown the ball 64 times in his career. He's only complete or he's only completed 33 passes his whole entire career at Florida. He's like, like you're your all-time great quarterback at Florida complete 33 passes in a single game. Um, so it's like he he's kind of like obviously you know that's his job. He's trying to temper expectations. Like you know we don't want y'all to think Anthony Richardson's going to come out week one and win the Heisman Trophy week one. And, and you know if he doesn't do that, be disappointed. Um, Utah's defense, man, they're going to be I think really good. Um, I've read a thing the other day that said they'll probably be the second best defense Florida played all. They play it's probably the second best defense Florida's going to play all season. Um, a lot of people are high on the kid that y'all must and Muhammad Diabate guy. Um, He's okay. I mean, if you if you go back and watch the LSU film, we, they ran that counter at him every single play, and he didn't do shit to stop it. Um, he's a linebacker. Our quarterback's bigger than him. So, I mean, he's not faster than Anthony Richardson. He's not bigger than Anthony Richardson. So, like, I mean, if it comes down to, you know, one of them making a play on each other, like, I, Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, is going to be that guy. Um, I, I know D's been to the Swamp. D knows what it sounds like in the Swamp, but he's only been in the Swamp in a 3.30 game. This is going to be at 7 o'clock. Um, Billy Napier first game. Uh, a lot of people are big believers in him, especially people around Gainesville, just simply based off what he's done in the eight eight months he's been there. Man, like we we had Dan Mullen for four years, and we never signed higher than the top eleven class. And Billy Napier's already number nine, and he's never coached a single game. Um, so like he's got everybody in the, mm. in, the in the in the fan base believing. Um, it, man, it's so hard. Like as a fan, like I, I'm by no means I think Florida's gonna win the national championship or win the SEC, and I even win the SEC East. But I think Florida is a lot better than people believe they are. Only problem with Florida is like one or two injuries could derail the season. If Anthony Richardson gets hurt, bro, we are screwed because our backup quarterback coming into the season mm-hmm. is out for the first three weeks with a broken like something wrong with his hand, and everybody else behind him literally has no snaps. <laughs> like there's a true freshman, a walk on, and then a uh, redshirt freshman. The redshirt freshman is kind of like a Kyle Trask kind of guy, but like he ain't never played. Man, and then so it's like. If Andrew Richardson was to go down at any point in the season, man, we're in a tough spot. But um, I think Florida's offense is going to be run, 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 run heavy. Um, I think a lot of people are saying Florida got one of the best offensive lines in the country. Got a lot of returning players. We got a guy that transferred from Louisiana Lafayette with Billy Napier, who's like on everybody's preseason All-American list, All-SEC. Um, so he's going to obviously anchor down the line. We got – Shit, full running backs that people were kind of high on. Like we got Naquan Wright who's back, the transfer from Louisiana Lafayette, Montreal Johnson, Lorenzo Lingard, and we got true freshman Trevor uh, Trevor Etienne, the guy from uh, Clemson's little brother. And uh, biggest problem for me is we just don't have a ton of outside weapons like that are really, really like experienced. We have one guy that transferred from Arizona State that's supposed to be like our best receiver. Um, defense, I think it's gonna be good. Defense wasn't terrible last year. Like, the statistically, they looked awful. But um, they were just mm-hmm. – I mean, one of the podcasts I listened to, they interviewed a couple of guys on the defense last year, and they just said, like, our schemes were just so complicated. Like, they were running, you know, insanely complicated schemes. People didn't – like, they'd be, they'd be, like, mid-game, and Dan Mullen would go in and, like, adjust the whole defense at halftime, and it wasn't be anything they'd practice all week. And um, I think this year's defense, I think – the guy Patrick Tony is a defense coordinator. He um he's like one of the young upcoming guys. That a lot of people, like a lot of you know, big time people are high on in the next couple of years. Last year, obviously, you know, 
Louisiana Lafayette and Liberty is not like a you know good comparison maybe for SEC, but last year Lafayette played Malik Willis, who ended up being a you know top two round quarterback draft pick, and I think they sacked him like seven times and forced like two or three interceptions. Um, and I mean Malik Willis is obviously probably way more talented than Cam Rising is. Um, I think Cam Rising is good, but I've also been keeping up. They I, one of the guys I follow with Florida's on three has posted a lot of like hey get to know your opponent and like showed their like breakdown of plays and. Um, he's not very good down the field, like 10 plus yards. His statistics are not great at all. Um, they're really like a nink and dunk slants, mm-hmm. quick passes, like out of the backfield play. And I think athlete wise, I don't think that's going to work against Florida. Only way that works against Florida is if like it's, it's getting two or three chunk yards at a time and they're able to speed up and like get our, get to where our defensive line is not getting any pressure. Um, because we don't have a ton of depth at defensive line. We have some good players on the front, you know, maybe the top six guys, but, um, after that, it kind of gets to where it's just inexperienced. But I think Florida secondary is our most talented position. So it's like if they're throwing the ball a lot, that might be a win-win for us. Um, but we know, man, like these kind of games, like it's – it's. I think Utah on paper and maybe even towards the end of the year, even at the end of the year, is probably the better team overall. But I do not believe that they have better athletes than Florida does. I think – I think Anthony Richard has a coming out party. Absolutely. I think he comes – I think Anthony Richardson comes out and shows like, hey, look, all this hype that I've been getting all summer, all fall. I think it's, you know, I think he's going to show that it's warranted. Um, he's going to be the best player on the field Saturday. Um, I think the Swamp's going to play a big, 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 big factor in the game. Um, I know Josh Pate talked to the body today, and he was like, you know, Utah team's really good. They're probably better than Florida, you know, in every aspect of the game for the most part, but. The loudest place any of these dudes have ever been is Oregon, and that's not even going to come close to comparison to what Gainesville is going to be like Saturday night. Um, I think honestly, man, it's kind of crazy. I think if this game was a two thirty game, I think Utah might come in and be able to handle Florida pretty easily. But the fact that it's a night game, you get people all day to get there, all day to get you know riled up, drunk, and then add on the top of the fact that it's like Billy Napier's first game, Anthony Richardson's first game, people, a, a player we, we've been hearing about for the last two three years. And who we wanted to start last year's fans, um, man, I, I just don't know how Utah comes in and wins again. They could very well come in and beat the brakes off of us, like Dalton said. Um, but I think Florida has the better overall athletes, so I think Anthony Richardson single-handedly might win this game by himself. Um, but I think it's a hell of a game. I think it's gonna be one of those games that, like, team with the ball last or something like that. You know, games won in the fourth quarter type game. Um, I think the swamp becomes an issue. I think. Utah might get down. I think Florida maybe hops on them early. Utah gets down and might be never able to get back into it just because of how rowdy I think the Swamp's going to be. Um, again, great game. I think it's going to be one of the probably the better games this week. Probably maybe people would consider this a biased pick, but I think Florida goes in, upsets Utah week one, 27 to 23. 27 to 23 right there from DG. You heard it there first, people. DG all over the Florida Gators. He will be there in attendance Saturday night, uh, going to root on his Gators. And, fellas, here's my thing with this game, okay? The more and more I look at it, the more and more I think Florida really keeps it close, all right? I I said a couple weeks ago that I really liked Utah, but the closer it gets, DG threw out some more points, and, and, and he threw out the swamp the 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 night game the fact that it's a night game in the swamp and the heat all right 
the heat in South Florida down there in Gainesville. Uh, I think that could play a factor. You know, your first game, are you really game ready right now? You know, it's just uh, there's a lot to put into that right there. But ultimately, when I look at these two teams, man, like DG said, the defensive line from Florida is going to be the X factor, fellas. All right. The defensive line, because we know Utah, they love to run the football. All right. They've got the uh, the kid. What is, what is Utah's running back's name? Uh, is it uh, Tavion Thomas? Tavion Thomas. All right. That's his name. Tavion Thomas. All right. And he's an absolute stud now. All right. There, there's no – there's no uh, athletic ability lost right there. The kid could play in the Southeastern Conference, okay? He's really, really good. But that's what's going to tell me in the second half, if if Utah is leaning on Florida and they're picking up, you know, five yards of carry, six yards of carry, um, I really like Utah in this game. Like DG said, I think Florida has more athletes on their roster. But I think it is a, an extremely close game, and – uh, Anthony Richardson is going to have to make a believer out of me because right now I think he's talented. I think he's extremely talented, but I just haven't seen it just yet. And I know he hasn't played a lot of snaps, but I like the more experienced guy under center in Cam Rising to come into Gainesville. And I'm going to say 27 to 23. Utah. Utah scores late, fellas. Florida's up 23-20, to 20, and Utah scores late in the fourth quarter. I'm talking about maybe two, three minutes left. Utah scores and wins 27-23. So that's my prediction there. Yeah, dude, that's Avion Thomas dude's a load. He's and I'll add this. Yeah, go ahead, DG. Dude, that, yeah, so I, I got their, their – they, they released their depth chart today. And dude, he's a so obviously he's a star running back. He's he's listed at 6'2", 238. Oh. Yeah. Stud. <laughs> that's a big one. Stud. Yeah, that's a big one. Um hey, I, another thing about that game, fellas, that I wanted to add real quick. Um I forgot to talk, you know, Billy Napier, man. Uh I just want everybody to know how high I am on Billy Napier. Even though I have them losing this football game to Utah, it's still a statement for the University of Florida, okay? Just because you lose to a top-10 team, all right, I just want to say that this is still a statement uh, for Florida. And Billy Napier will have Florida back. Um, and I think that his the way he is recruiting right now and um, we know how good of a coach he is. We saw it at Lafayette. Uh, I just think uh, even though they lose, if you're a Florida fan, you can't be upset at this, okay, if they lose to Utah. There's no way you can walk out of that stadium and be upset. I think it's going to be extremely close. I do think Florida can win this football game, but I like Utah late. And like I said, man, no reason to be upset if you're a Florida fan and you lose this football game. It is a statement if you keep it close for the Gators. So, DG, D-Lane, the, the next game I really want to get to in this segment is Arkansas and Cincinnati. This one also I really, really think could be just like the Florida-Utah game. I think it could be extremely close. I know a lot of people aren't giving Cincinnati a lot of love here. Man, look. Their defense is still going to be their defense is still going to be really good up there at Cincinnati. Okay, 
All right, they're going to be really good. We know what Arkansas's offense can do. I think it's going to be a, a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a hell of a football game. So, D-Lane, I wanted to kick it over to you first, get your prediction on Arkansas and Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. You know, like you said, the Cincinnati, their defense is still going to be good. Um, obviously, me and D kind of talked about this before we kind of got this thing off for a while because I couldn't remember the other guy's name. But losing Sauce Gardner and losing Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant, man, that's a lot. I mean, those were two of the – I mean, we, we saw it against Alabama. I mean, you know, one covered uh, J-Mo. And then, uh, you know, I mean, going up against Alabama's receiving core, I mean, it was like, you know, I want to see how good these guys really are. And they completely proved me wrong. And you lost you lost those two guys. I mean, you lost possibly two of the best cornerbacks in the nation last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so losing that, and I just think it's going to be one of those things – Kind of like you just said about, uh, you know, Utah and Florida. Um, Arkansas has the more experienced quarterback. Uh, you know, they lost Desmond. Cincinnati lost Desmond uh, Desmond Ritter. And I just think uh, – I think Arkansas, I think they uh, come late in the game. I think it'll be close for a little while, but I think late in the game, maybe like a late third, you know, fourth quarter type deal. I just think that offensive line for Arkansas – I think they start leaning on that D line a little bit for Cincinnati, and I, mm-hmm. I think that run game with uh, that RPO with KJ, and uh, I, I think it's just too much for Cincinnati come late in the game, and uh, I like Arkansas. Uh, I'm gonna say 28, 28, 17, Arkansas. Okay. All right, DG, what you got? What did you say? Score was D. D Lane, what was your score predi- uh, score prediction, D Lane? Oh shit! Did did we lose D? Did you yeah, know? Okay. Okay. Wait, what, what was your score prediction? Uh, twenty eight seventeen. Arkansas. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I kind of mean like like Dalton said. Me and him kind of chatted about this before before we hopped on. Um, I, I know you've been giving people hell on Twitter about Arkansas and not thinking they're that good. Um, I think Arkansas is the second-best team in the West. I think Arkansas is going to honestly be the only team that gives Alabama a game uh, outside of maybe Tennessee. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what, what I'm drinking, what, what Sam Pittman put in the Kool-Aid, but um, I believe in Arkansas. I think um, I think in about 10 years maybe, I think I think people are going to be looking at the coaches that, that Kirby's put out, kind of comparing them to like what Saban did. I don't know. If, I'm not saying Kirby's going to be as good of a coach as Saban, but – I think you're going to start to see guys that have coached under Kirby end up being really successful um, head coach as well. Like Sam Pittman, man, he went into Arkansas turning around in two years. I think Dan Lanning is going to do really well at Oregon. I think um, they got a couple guys right now that are kind of already at the top of these coaching lists, man. So I'm a big believer in Sam Pittman. I think Sam Pittman's a hell of a coach. Um, I also think uh, Luke, is it Luke Fickle. Yeah, Luke Fickle. I think he's a hell of a coach at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be like the head, like the top job guy for Notre Dame. Um, so a lot of people obviously think he, you know, think highly of him. But man, like he said, like you lost two of the best players in the country. You've been Sauce Gardner for number four pick in the, in the draft. Like he was the number one cornerback. Like mm-hmm. there were some people like literally compare, like mm-hmm. saying he could have gone number one as a defensive back. That's how good he was. Um, he's looked fantastic throughout preseason, so like he's obviously lived up to it. Um, 
Kobe Bryant, I think he got drafted second or third round, so like another D, a decent, you know, uh, DB. You lost Desmond Ritter. I don't think Desmond Ritter was, you know, world beater, but Desmond Ritter was probably one of the better quarterbacks since the had in a while. Um, I mean, he was, what, first, second-round pick? I mean, he was a highly drafted quarterback, too. So, it's like you lose talent like that, man, and then you go into a team that brought back a lot of players, have a lot of hype behind them. Yes, I know they lost Trill and Burke, but, like, They've recruited well. They also got Jaden Hazelwood out of the transfer portal. He's going to just go right in and replace Traylon Burke, in my opinion. Um, you have one of the most maybe underrated linebackers in college football. Remember the name? His name is Drew Sanders. Uh, he transferred from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's a five-star out of, high, out of high school. He played at Alabama. He was a starting linebacker at Alabama last year and got hurt and then just never got a spot back because Dallas Turner was so damn good. But um, Drew Sanders is a stud. They got Bumper Pool, who's also a top-five linebacker in the conference. Um Again, I'm a huge believer in Arkansas. They may disappoint me and end up going eight and four. Like everybody, you know, a lot of people may believe, but I think Arkansas is really good. Obviously, I don't know a ton about Cincinnati outside of the fact that they, they lost their three of their better players from last year's team. Luke Vigil obviously coaches that team like a like a Power Five school, so that I mean they're they're a good, well coached football team. They're not going to go in and get blown out of the water, um, but I do think Arkansas is the better team. Again, I think Arkansas is a really good football team this year. I think they're going to compete. In the West, I think they're going to compete for um, New Year's Six type bowl. So I want to say it's in Arkansas. Um, so give, give me – and that Woo Pig City, man, that's going to be different from the Cincinnati boys. They ain't playing nothing mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's the thing, man. Like a lot of these teams going into these games where it's like you're playing SEC schools at their home stadium. It's like that's a tough thing to do. Especially – yeah, like – Cincinnati especially. Like Utah maybe not as much because they have so much experience coming back. Well, like Cincinnati, man, like you lost your starting quarterback, your starting wires, or your starting two DBs. Like you're replacing really prominent positions. And it's like like I said, Arkansas brought back a lot and they also gained a lot in the portal and by you know just recruiting. So um mm-hmm. I like Arkansas, man. I, I'm kind of with D. I think it's one of those games at halftime, it looks close. And I think the score at the end of the game doesn't reflect as close of the game as it actually is. So I'm gonna take Arkansas. Man, this is a shocking score, but I'm gonna take Arkansas 34 to 16. 34 to 16. Okay. Arkansas. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Okay. Uh, yeah. You, you know, y'all two both really covered the points that I was going to talk about losing Kobe Bryant and, uh, and sauce Gardner in the secondary for, for Cincinnati and, you know, on the offensive side, you lose a guy like Desmond Ritter. He was an experienced quarterback, took you to your first playoff, uh, your playoff uh, appearance. And then you lost Jerome Ford, the guy from Alabama, running back, 
Uh, yeah, and, and he went to Cincinnati, had a stellar career. You lose him. And, look, even though they're coached by Luke Fickle, man, he does an excellent job. Um, I just think there's a little too much horsepower from the Razorbacks. You you have to go into uh, Arkansas, and, and that we know that's a tough place to play. And I like Arkansas on this one. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, uh, the better quarterback. Um, Arkansas has the better O-line. They have the better receivers, like you mentioned, ha- picking up Hazelwood when you lost a guy like uh, Burks. And, uh, you know, they had they had some guys transfer in in the secondary. Uh, Arkansas did. And the only real worry I have with Arkansas, man, is their defensive line. Their defensive line is not good. Okay, so – uh, that is the one matchup that I want to see is what is the Cincinnati offensive line going to do uh, with Arkansas's defensive line? And and I kind of want to watch, you know, the same with Arkansas's offensive line. Can Cincinnati's defensive line hang with Arkansas? Because we saw what happened to them in the playoffs. They got manhandled by Alabama, okay? Alabama was moving them off the ball, doing whatever they wanted to do in the run game. So that, that that's the one thing. I'm, I'm really going to see how Cincinnati matches up in the trenches. And, DG, man, the thing with Arkansas is, like, look, I love Sam Pittman, man. But you saw a thing that that I think I liked it yesterday from one of the Arkansas guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had Arkansas going 11-1, and one, man. Like – Yeah, he also had Kentucky going 11-1 too, so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, and he's like, don't at me, okay? Well, I'm going to at you because – and that's why I posted that is like Arkansas. Arkansas fans, stop acting like you're winning a national championship. You went 8-4 and four last year, okay? Like, I love Sam Pittman. I love the job that he's doing and everything. But let's tone it down a little bit because I don't know if you've looked at their schedule, but, my God, it's a gauntlet. A absolute gauntlet, all right? And who did they beat last year? I mean, for honestly, I want to ask both of you, who did they beat last year? Nobody. Nobody. They beat Texas A&M. All right? They're, that was they're, it. They're, they're, they're frauds, too. Yeah, yeah, they beat Mississippi State. All right, so, so okay, they lost to Ole Miss. All right? They, they got man – they got manhandled by Auburn in their home stadium, okay? Um, you, you got absolutely blown out against Georgia. You didn't even score a fucking point against Georgia, okay? Yeah, they had, they had um, college game in there. They got beat 48 to nothing. Yeah, uh, so uh, – uh, and you, you had a close game with Alabama, but uh, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, okay? So, you know, um, who did you beat? And why are you feeling like this is what I want to know. Uh, you're a, let's be honest, you're a basketball and baseball school. If, if we're, if we're telling, you know, telling the hundred percent truth on this podcast, you're a basketball and baseball school. So, uh, check yourself, you know, before you wreck yourself, check yourself before you step inside the gate, big dog. And that's how I feel about that. But I'm excited for that game. I believe that one's coming on at two 30, right? Absolutely. Two 30 is CBS. Correct. Good day. Uh, I, I think uh, ESPN. ESPN. Okay, two thirty ESPN. Uh, CBS should be uh, Georgia, and they're playing their son, Bo Nix. That should be. No, that's on that ABC, be, ain't it? Okay. That's on ABC. Okay. I don't. I don't, I don't think CBS. CBS. I don't think CBS yeah. got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the CBS. Game. Yeah, the CBS games don't start until like week three or something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think. I think the first. I think the first CBS game is whoever, whatever the yeah. big SEC game is, week three. Yeah. Okay. okay so. 
Um, let me see. Yeah, it's two thirty ESPN. Yeah, two thirty ESPN. Oh no, CBS does have a game. It's Arizona and San Diego State. I I knew I saw a two thirty CBS game. It's, yeah. It was just right under the Arkansas game, right there on the ESPN uh, scroll line. So um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, game. man stop i want to talk about florida state and lsu me and d lane watched florida state play decane saturday and you know i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and radio stations and everything and they say oh man florida state was just absolutely moving decane off the ball they ran for 446 yards and they beat them 47 to 7 and it, it was just an absolute, you know, showing for Florida State. You know, Mike Norville and and uh, the Travis Hunter kid at quarterback. I mean, they played lights out, okay? Well, the the one thing I want to say about that, man, is you played Decane, okay? So, let's play let's, – let's take it with a grain of salt, okay? And um, you're not going to be able to run the football like you did on Decane against this LSU team. And – that is my big key matchup in this one is LSU's defensive line against the Florida State run game, okay? Because we saw this run game against Decane And, D-Lane, I took, I took their running back, Florida State's running back, I took him for over 60 yards rushing, and he broke it within the first, what, first three minutes of the game? Yeah, well, yeah, wasn't long. Yeah, I took the over long. 60 and a half. And on prize picks, and he was he was at eighty yards like three minutes into the game, so you know that's my thing, man. Is I think LSU, I think they're going to stack the box. They're going to uh, prepare for the Florida State run, and I think they're going to try to make Travis Hunter beat them. Hey, um, isn't that is isn't that the no, Florida State? Jordan, 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 Jordan Travis, Travis, that's it. Yeah, Jordan yeah, Travis. Travis. Yeah, yeah, Jordan. State. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Travis. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Jordan Travis. Yeah. So, um, I want to see if Jordan Travis can beat LSU through the air, and um, I just don't think it can happen. And I'm I'm going to be short and quick with this one. I think LSU. I'm going to say I'm going to say LSU 24. 24-17, LSU wins this one in NOLA. Uh, DG, let me hear your prediction. Yeah, man. Um, this is another one that's kind of tough. Like, you know, as a Florida fan, like, obviously all the people I follow on Twitter, you know, Florida fans actually live in Florida, so they, they're, they're always bashing Florida State. Um, I didn't watch any of that game because I could care less about Florida State playing whatever, Duquesne or whatever they're called. Um, but based off what I heard and what I was like – like, like what you guys said, like Florida State's not great when they play the team. That just put it this way: on my CBS app that I like keep up with scores, it didn't even keep up with like the box score because Duquesne's so bad. Like they're not even they don't even keep up with their stats. Um, so I don't think Florida State's great. I don't think that offense is going to work against good teams. Um, they're not very big on the front in the front seven or on the offensive line. But I also don't think LSU is worth a damn either. Um, mm-hmm. I think LSU's best quarterback is a freshman. I think Brian Kelly just didn't want to didn't want to put the pressure of a on a freshman in his first season to start quarterback. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's not starting by like week three or four. I think he is their best player, our best quarterback. He's a five star number one quarterback in the country for a reason last year. Um, but I also just don't know, man, because like I, you know, we all saw what happened when Jaden Daniels transferred from Arizona State and how fast like all of his teammates went and cleaned his locker out. Like that that kind of yeah. shows you something. Um, that. That shouldn't be – that's not a positive thing, obviously. Um, so, 
I'm, I'm really curious how he's coming into jail with LSU. Um, LSU, obviously, I mean, they're going to have the best player on the field that night with Keishon Butte. But I wouldn't be shocked, man, if Keishon Butte don't play about three games and realize his quarterback dog shit, and he's like, hey, I'm out. I'm bouncing. I'm first-round pick. Wow. Whether y'all play good or whether you don't play good. Um, mm-hmm. And I hate that, man, but I think that's going to become a thing that happens in college football is where guys that are projected first-round picks end up playing, like, you know, maybe this kind of like a situation like this happens – they're just not as good, um, mm-hmm. and then they just don't. There's no reason for them to play anymore, man. Like look, look what Jamar Chase did. Jamar Chase made his money with Joe Burrow, came back, saw he had bums at quarterback. Said, "Hey, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I won my national nice championship. I was the best receiver in college football last year. I could do it again if I wanted to, but I just don't really feel like it. Let me go get paid." Well, he went and got paid. He's a fifth round, you know, fifth overall pick, already a top five receiver in the NFL in a lot of people's opinions. So it's like. You know, when you're as good as these guys are sometimes, man, like there's just no reason for you to play. And I, I think – I'm not a believer in OSU. I'm not a believer in Brian Kelly. Um, I know we – you know, people harped on, oh, you know, in their name, like he don't have the resources to recruit. But, man, like he's also never had to recruit against Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? Like he's never had to recruit against the SEC team. Like now, man, you're in the Southeast Conference. You're going to have to compete with Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. Auburn, Florida, like you're not recruiting against Penn State and Iowa anymore, man. Like, you, well, you got to learn how to recruit the big dogs. And he's never coached at a school that gets big dogs. He went to since came from Cincinnati, and then he went to Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame recruits well, but like they can only recruit a you know a specific kind of people. So it's like, how well is he going to be able to recruit and communicate with that kind of those kind of people? And like, obviously, his class right now looks well, like looks good, but it's like. There's also a lot of people from Louisiana, which obviously I don't have about it. A lot of people from Louisiana are saying a lot of the big-time players out of Louisiana are, like, more Florida leans right now just because of how well Billy Napier did in the state of Florida. So it's like – or in the state of Louisiana. Um, so I'm not a believer in Brian Kelly. Um, not a believer in Mike Norville at Forest State. I mean, I think Mike Norville probably won't be there after this year, in my opinion. I think they're going to be just absolute dog shit. Um, Absolutely. I talked about it when Brian Kelly first got hired that I think he I thought he would be one of the him or Jimbo Fisher will be one of the next SEC coaches that gets fired in my opinion. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Jimbo Fisher's worth a damn, but as far as Brian Kelly is concerned, like LSU fans are kind of like what you were saying that like people in West Virginia for whatever reason are like they want to win now. They're not gonna be okay with two years of you being average and you know getting your players in there. Like mm-hmm. these schools right here, man, don't give your coaches don't give them time and like Sometimes it sucks because you have situations like Auburn where, like, Brian Harson might be a damn good coach, but, like, I don't know if he's ever going to get the opportunity to show that because he's not giving the time. But it's like Brian Kelly is an established coach that a lot of people know, so they're going to expect a lot more and a lot faster out of him. And I just don't think he's going to be the guy. I don't think Jay Daniels is the guy. Um, hmm. I think he's a talented quarterback, but, man, when you leave and your teammates are cleaning your shit out for you, like, that's not a good thing. Um, I think this game, only reason it's even getting as much hype as it is it's because it's two, you know, prominent programs with FSU and LSU. I don't think they're either one are going to be prominent this year whatsoever. I mean, I can see them both going, I mean, six and six, maybe worse, especially for our state. Um, this is another one where, I mean, even though it's in a, a considered a neutral site, like you're playing a vision New Orleans, like that's not a damn neutral site. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's obviously right down the road from Baton Rouge. But Florida State's fans travel well, too. That's not, that's not that far of a drive for Florida State. I mean, it's only, what, six, probably six hours. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a drive Florida State people will make. With it being Labor Day, like, it's not a tough drive because most, most people don't have work on Monday anyways. Um, 
So it'll be a cool atmosphere. It'll be rocking. Um, I don't think either team's good. So I, I, I kind of agree with like your score prediction. I don't see it being very high scoring. I'm going to yeah. go LSU wins 20 – 20 to – give me 20 to 12. Wow. Okay. D-Lane, what do you got to say to that? Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, – you know, me and you watched a little bit of the Florida State game, uh, obviously because you had that bet on. Um, pretty much the only reason why we watched them play the cane. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – man, Labor Day weekend, you're 60 minutes from Baton Rouge. I mean, it's pretty much a home game for LSU. Them Cajuns, they're going to have the Superdome rocking. Um and I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, I think, man, football's football's good when LSU's good. You know what I'm saying? Because like it's that atmosphere in Death Valley. You know, I mean, I know it's not in Death Valley, but it's still a home game for LSU in my eyes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of like D said. You know, I think this is this might be the last year that Florida State. I think this is, is going to be the last year that Florida State is you know bottom of the barrel at the sec because i think that uh i think their head coach gets fired and then they make that jump to uh oh damn what's his name i forgot his name uh deon sanders yeah i think uh yeah i think this is the last year i think their head coach gets fired they make the leap deon sanders he brings travis hunter over and then like every program it'll take a year or two but man, when they, I think this will be the last year that Florida State is down in the dumps. And, uh, but just with this game, uh, with the, um, the quarterback coming from Arizona State, I think LSU is the more talented team. Like D said, they got, uh, Keishon Butte, best player, uh, on the field, will be all night. I don't think Florida State's going to stop him. Uh, I just like, I like LSU. Uh, against Florida State, and I'm gonna say 20. I'm gonna say 21 to 10 LSU. Okay, uh, you know I, I'm with I'm with D D Lane right there on the on the Florida State thing with Norvell. Um, if he doesn't win this year, and I don't think he will, I do think he is gone. And Florida State has to attack Coach Prime. All right, they have to attack Deion Sanders. And uh, that I guess that is why I had uh, Travis Hunter on my mind right there because I was already seeing him in a Florida State jersey uh, playing DB next year. So, and uh, look, did y'all hear today that LSU has an? They know their starting quarterback, but they're not announcing it to the team or the media until Saturday. I like that. You like that? Because I do, too, because that shows me it's chess, not checkers, okay? Yeah. Brian Kelly's playing chess down there in Baton Rouge. He's saying, hey, I know who my starting quarterback is, but you don't, okay? Yeah. So, it I could like be that. J.D. It could be uh, Jaden Daniels, or it could be uh, the Nussmeyer kid. So, yeah, man, but who I, knows? I, I, I like it, man. Like, obviously, you know, the chess first checkers or whatever. And like, you don't, you don't, you got to watch more film. But it's also like a – Kind of like, hey, y'all keep competing because y'all don't have a clue either. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah. Let's see who's gonna bust their ass this week to try to take that job. Like, because maybe maybe they don't. Oh, my computer just came unplugged. Maybe they don't have a. Um, maybe they really don't have who they've got the starting quarterback. Maybe they're just saying that just to get some shit started up. And like, they're gonna see, hey, we're gonna play out this next week of practice, and we're gonna see who competes and who wants that job. And um. But then again, I, mean, I think that could be another way of just you know seeing how your, how your team comes together. Because like I mean, a lot of it, man, and we know this is just for sports in general, man. Like, yeah, you want the more talented quarterback back there, but man, but like 
sometimes like what if what if the Nussbar kid is not as talented, but he's good enough and the team rallies around that guy? You know what I'm saying? Like mm. again, look at Georgia. Stetson Bennett's not the most talented guy in that in that quarterback room, but he's the That's one they fact. all they all rallied around. You know what I'm saying? He's the one that everybody on that team got behind. And look what it did. They won him a national championship. He's still, again, even this year, not the most talented quarterback on that roster. He's still the starting quarterback for the number three team in the country because mm-hmm. they're believers in him. He's got, he's got his teammates' belief. He's got his coaches' belief. And sometimes, like, that's what you need, man. Like, and you got, and with them not playing until Sunday night, you get a pretty much an extra day of practice. And it's not like you got to travel. So they'll probably be full pads until third, until probably Friday. Um, so they got four full days of good ass practice to figure out, hey, did we make the right choice or could, could we swap, go ahead and swap this since nobody else knows what's going on yet? Um, so I like what you guys said, chess first checkers. You got to watch two, you know, extra tape on two different guys. Um, mm-hmm. But you also get to see your guys compete for a couple more days. And I mean, because like, obviously, like, not saying whoever loses the job doesn't compete, but, you know, if, if you know you're not the starting quarterback, like, you're not going to work as hard anymore. You know, you might not push yourself as hard as you had been in previous weeks, where it's like, now neither one of them can slack up. They got to both bust their ass the rest of this week. Because they ain't got a clue what's going on either, and I, I like I like that that idea. Yeah, I, I really liked it too, man. I, I thought it was good stuff from BK, and I really enjoyed the Notre Dame and LSU Twitter beef last week. That was super fun. I had a blast with it. I was really getting at the Notre Dame fans, and uh, I enjoyed it. So, speaking of Notre Dame, all right, they're they're going to take that ass up to uh, Columbus, Ohio, okay. And they're gonna take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. And this is this is the the daddy Saturday night, baby. This is the one I want to watch so bad. All right, the Marcus Freeman era, the real Marcus Freeman era, uh, begins Saturday night. I know he coached the bowl game and everything. I don't really care about that. Uh, and whatever, you know. Uh, the the first game of the season, Ohio State welcomes a new DC uh, with Jim Knowles coming over from Oklahoma State. Uh, had a hellacious defense at Oklahoma State last year. W- was a, was less than an inch away from winning the Big 12 championship. Got cut down right there by Baylor in that game. Uh, Jim Knowles makes the transition. He's going to try to beef up that D-line at Ohio State. We know that was the one big problem that they had last year. They had the athletes on offense, right? But you look at every big game Ohio State played in, All right, they got blown off the football, right? Uh, you look at the Oregon game. Oregon now. Oregon come into the shoe and blew them off the football. They controlled the line of scrimmage that game. And that was the the farthest thing that I ever saw happening, okay? I never once thought I would see an Oregon football team walk into the shoe and be more physical than the Ohio State Buckeyes, all right? I never thought I would see that. And it happened, and then it continued to happen. Minnesota blew them off the football. Right? Minnesota had a uh, had an had a uh, once in a lifetime night on the ground when they played last year, and then Michigan blew them off the football. All right, so you know the, the D line has to has to improve this year. Is Jim Knowles the guy to fix that? And I look over at the Notre Dame side, and you also welcome a new defensive coordinator. Um, Al Golden. Al Golden, we know he used to be the coach at Miami. He went to the NFL for some years. Uh, he was with the Cincinnati Bengals last year. I think he was coaching the linebackers at, at uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he comes in for the Notre Dame defense. And, look, they have a first-year head coach with Marcus Freeman, first-year D.C., uh, and a first-year quarterback. Uh, Tyler Buckner has won the job at Notre Dame. And – 
is this enough to go into the shoe and pull an upset on Ohio State? Um, the spread is 17 and a half right now. And Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm seriously considering taking Ohio State in 17 and a half. Okay. I'm seriously considering it because I think this Notre Dame team, they're sitting preseason number five. And I can go ahead and tell you, I think their secondary is going to be terrible. All right. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think they're going to be good offensively. Uh, you're, you're relying on a, a brand new quarterback under center. And, Look, Ohio State just has so many weapons. It might be close, you know, into the third quarter, but man, late third, early fourth quarter, I think CJ Stroud puts up two or three tutties and this thing kind of gets out of hand. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ohio State 38, uh Notre Dame 20. Uh D Lane, what do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean you said uh, Notre Dame's taken going down to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I think they go right back to South Bend with a red ass. All right, because they're gonna get spanked <laughs> in the horseshoe. Okay, you're gonna go right back to South Bend, Indiana, and you're gonna go back with a sore bottom. All right, because you're gonna come down to Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio State's gonna spank you for 60 minutes. And um, you know, like you said, I mean, and I, I guess me saying that is still uh. Still, you know, I'm mad about last year. You know, they had a, a – well, me and you were both watching the Notre Dame-Oklahoma State bowl game, um, and they cost me $400, uh, old Freeman. He cost me $400. Um, blew a 28-point lead. Cost both of us $400. Yeah, and the Oklahoma State quarterback threw four picks. Four picks and you still blew a 28-point lead. No, no, my, my bad, my bad. Wrong game, Ron. I'm thinking of the wrong game. But still, you blew a 28-point lead, Freeman. All right. Well, guess what? You ain't even gonna get close to scoring twenty eight points this game. <laughs> um, but I, you know, like you said, man, Ohio State's got arguably one of the best, uh, argu- arguably the best quarterback in college football with uh, CJ mm-hmm. Stroud. I think this year they have the best, uh, they have the best wide receiving core in college football. Um, you know, and I, I just think it's, it's, uh, I think it's gonna be way too much. And man, Notre Dame getting a brand, a, a guy. A, a fresh quarterback under center stepping into the horseshoe, man, that's just too much to ask for. Maybe a neutral site, you still lose the game, obviously, but maybe it's a little closer than what I'm about to say. You with us, D? D-Lane? D-Lane? You just said uh, Notre Dame's coming with a, a new defensive uh, – uh, new defense coordinator, new head coach, and I just I th- I think uh, it's going to be way too much. Uh, I think Ohio State is going to play for the national championship this year, mm-hmm. and I got Ohio State at forty five to ten. Golly, forty five to ten. Forty five to ten, and that wow. that 10, that that touchdown is going to come in garbage time. 
for Notre Dame. So don't you don't think Notre Dame's going to move the ball on this Ohio State defense at all? No, absolutely not. Not a, not even – no. I think it's 45 to 10. The touchdown comes in garbage time. <laughs> DG, I got to hear your I got to hear your side of this. What do you think, man? Man, I'm I don't know about my score being this exact, you know, that that big of a, that big of a blowout, but um I mean, I'm as high on their I mean, I'm as high on Ohio State as just about anybody. I think CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in college football. I don't even know if it's arguable. Um I mean, I think obviously Bryce Young obviously Bryce Young's a stud. But I think intangible wise, when it comes down to it, I think Bryce, I think CJ Stroud is better. Um, <clears throat> CJ Stroud had two NFL wide receivers on his roster last year, and his leading receiver was a, true, was a sophomore. So everybody can, oh, well, he has the best receiver in the country. Well, yeah, sure, he had two of them, but he didn't use them as much as he used the other guy. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, and Jigbo led their team in receiving by almost like 800 yards and had like, like six or seven more touchdowns than those guys, and that's not counting the bowl game. Um, and what's crazy is, man, there's people that are like big wheels in college football. They're saying he's not even their best receiver. Um, he said there's a lot of people are a lot of people are really high on Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. They got Julian Fleming. Mm-hmm. They got the Emike uh, Buka guy. They got they had a number one receiver from last year, Caleb Burton, come in. Dude, they, they're stacked. I mean, like they're wide receiver you, and it's not even close right now. Um, mm-hmm. And what's crazy, man, is like people look at them like, hey, man, they're gonna throw the ball over the field. They also have one of the best running backs in the country. Travion Henderson yeah. led the Big Ten in rushing as a freshman. Like, mm-hmm. cat special. Like, they're going to be able to do whatever they want to anybody they play on offense all season. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in Marcus Freeman. I kind of hate it that his first big coaching gig is at Notre Dame because I think he's going to run into that same problem that Brian Kelly eventually ran into where he just couldn't get the dogs and the horses that he needs to compete. Um and you, you kind of hate it because I think he's going to be a successful coach. I think he's going to be just like Brian Kelly, 10 and 2, 11 and 1 every, every year. But, man, what a tough game for your first game as a true head coach of the team. <laughs> you got to play, you got to play arguably the number one team in the country at home at 7 30 at night, prime time. Everybody in the country is going to watch because it's Ohio State in their name, and you're going to get blown the freak out. Like, they like like these said, man. When you said they're gonna they're gonna drive their ass up to up to um, Columbus, I almost said, man, they don't even need to get out the bus. They just need to take a little road trip, check out the stadium, turn around, and go right back home. Yeah, that's about, that's that's yeah, about as much that's about as much time as they need to spend there in Columbus, Ohio. Because I don't think it's gonna be close. They're gonna be wishing touchdown Jesus was in the background with them. Um, I don't know. I, I want to see I want to see Ohio State's new defense because. Like you said, um, they got dogs. I mean, they, they recruit top five, top three class every season. Um, so, you, they got the talent. It's just we got to see what they can do with a new coach. Um, I think they're going to be improved on defense. I don't know if that's going to be, you know, a top five defense like they, they've had in the past. Um, but I do think it's going to be a much improved defense. So, man, I, I'm that's 17 in the points. I think I think they cover that pretty easily. Um I don't know if y'all remember last year, man, when Ohio State, Michigan State played, and it was like number two versus number six, and everybody was hyping it up, and then Ohio State went and beat them. Some bitches seven to nothing on national TV yeah. at eleven o'clock in the morning. I think that's what this was going to be. I think people are going to turn this game off early. Um, mm. I think a lot of people are kind of using this game. As, oh, you know, after Florida starts getting blown out by Utah, we can flip over this one. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think Florida Utah game is going to be the one people start flipping to just because this one's going to get ugly fast. Um, give me Ohio State. I'm saying I think they score more points than what D said. I, give me Ohio State wow. fifty. Give me Ohio State fifty-six to twenty. 
Wow. Fifty-six to twenty. A fifty. A fifty burger. Dude, I think not only are they that good, but I think, I think they're coming out to prove a point. I think, I think Ryan Daisy will let CJ Stroud go out there and have a day and just show, hey, look, that Bryce Young guy's good, but this cat we got up here, he's a little bit better. Um, so, I, no, go ahead, DG. Go ahead. I, I don't honestly, man. I don't see them calling off the dogs. I don't see them pulling back. I think they, I think they hang fifty six with the starters, and then they might let everybody else start playing. Well, um, do. DG, I want to ask you real quick, man. Uh, 56 points, that is what you said. Do you know who Ohio State would still be behind for uh, most offensive points? The Vanderbilt Commodores, <laughs> D-Lane. All right, hanging a 63 McNugget all right, on Hawaii out there. No, nah, but go ahead, DG. No, nah, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I think Ohio State's legit. I think it's Alabama and Ohio State, Ohio State this year, and I think they're – Head and shoulders better than even the third best team in the country. Like, um, because I think they both have elite offenses. I think Alabama also has elite offense and defense. But man, we've seen the last couple of years, like last year was the first year in a long time where an elite defense elite defense won a national championship. Obviously, LSU's defense was good, but they didn't win the national championship because of their defense. Alabama the year before didn't win the national championship because of their defense. Clemson didn't win the national championship because of their defense. People win nowadays yeah. based on offense. Um, I think we go back to that this year. I think your best two teams in the country are going to be Alabama and Ohio State with the best two quarterbacks. Um, and I think they're both going to put up points all year. I think Ohio State is going to be elite. I think they're out for vengeance. I know we've talked about Alabama wanting to beat the brakes off Texas A&M and Georgia. I think Ohio State wanted to beat the brakes off anybody gets in their way. Um, I know last year after Bryce Young won a Heisman, C.J. Stroud posted one of maybe the cleanest pictures ever of him like in the background, the Heisman Trophy, and it said, you've only created a villain or something like that. And it's like, man, hey, this guy – He's ready to rock and roll come next season. Mm-hmm. And I think come Saturday night, he's going to be ready to rock and roll, and I think they beat the brakes off their name. For Georgia and Oregon. All right, that's a 2.30 game, right, uh, DG? Yeah, 2.30. 2.30. All right, well, uh, Oregon is uh, Oregon is wasting their fucking time coming to Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. I can tell you that, okay? Oh, that. Um, first off, first off, I want to say this. They have uh, uh, Bo Nix as their – quarterback all right it has come out today that reports out of Oregon think that he will be the starting quarterback and for that um, for that I just want to tell Oregon fans he uh, he's your problem now okay and uh, y'all have fun I hope it's a I hope it's a pleasant experience uh, I hope y'all enjoy your Saturdays this fall um, and I think you're running into a buzzsaw Saturday, okay? I think uh, the, the the people that are talking about Georgia and, oh, they lost this, they lost that, they lost Seen at uh, safety, they lost Dean at linebacker, they lost Davis on uh, right there at the nose tackle defensive line. Uh, they lost all these people, man, and – you know they're going to be they're they're going to take a step back. Georgia's going to lose two uh, SEC games or whatever, two conference games. You know, um, and they might and they might, fellas. But as far as it comes to Saturday, all right, Stetson Stetson Big Dick Bennett, all right, he is going to take this Oregon defense and he's going to turn them inside out. Okay, all right, the, the, these running backs that Georgia has, all right, they're going to run all over Oregon. 
Okay, the the one bright spot that this Oregon team does have is their offensive line, and they're about to see a defensive line that they will not see in the Pac-12. You hear me? So, I just think there's complete mismatches all over the field. Now, would I love to see Oregon go in there and pull off a victory and, and you know, Bo Nix lead the Ducks and everything? Uh, yeah, I would. I would love to see that. Do I think it's going to happen? Hell no. I do not think it's going to happen. I, I like Georgia big in this game. What's the line? What's the line on that? I think it's also like 17. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Man, Stetson Bennett. I mean, that thing, man, Stetson's going to go off. I love Stetson right here. In Atlanta, Georgia, it's a home game for Georgia. Oregon fans, we do know Oregon fans travel well, but you're wasting your money. You're wasting your plane tickets. Because uh, it's going to be a long flight there, and it's going to be an even longer flight back. Okay, because uh, this Georgia team, we already know they have one of the best tight ends in the country uh, with the Bowers kid, and I just think Georgia has too much, man. Just a physicality standpoint in the trenches, we know that's where football games are won. Defensive line, offensive line, man, and Georgia's just too much. They're too much, and it's basically a home game. I like Georgia. I like Georgia, 38 to 17. DG, what do you got? Yeah, man. So I'm uh, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say Georgia's gonna lose this game, but I'm not. I think the Oregon fans will come to Georgia. I think they're gonna enjoy their trip. I think they're gonna come out and they're gonna see that Dan Lanning might be the guy. Mm-hmm. Only reason I think Oregon doesn't compete a little bit better is because of their quarterback is. I think Bo Nix is a bum. Um, <laughs> They got, I mean, they they had they're another school man that has a guy that's, that's like one of their top quarterbacks recruited in the last couple of years. Like, it's so it's it's one of those situations, man. Like, you look at three the three of the games we talked about tonight: Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, Billy Napier at Florida, and then Dan Lanning in Oregon. Like, man, what a hell of an opening week for you! You got to play one's got to play Ohio State, one's got Utah, one's got Georgia. Like, you all play top yeah. ten teams your first game as head coach at a prominent college. Um, I think Oregon's going to be probably one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Um, they have quite possibly the best linebacker duo in college football with Justin Flo and Noah Sewell. Um, mm-hmm. I think Oregon's a pretty good team. I don't think I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. But man, a lot of people, like, like you said, a lot of people are like, oh, Georgia's going to be down. Their defense is bad. I don't think it's the defense you got worried about. Man, they lost three offensive linemen. Like they were playing three guys on the offensive line. That's a mm-hmm. huge deal. Um, again, they have Stetson Bennett as a quarterback. Like somebody that's not going to beat you by himself. Um. Their running backs are gonna be good. They got Brock Bowers. They they got they lost their best receiver to to Alabama. Their other best receiver, excuse me, got drafted. I mean, their best receiver right now is like what the McConkey kid. Um, but yeah. then you got Brock Bowers, Eric. I mean, they're tight end wise, they're stacked. But like, you're not gonna beat people with just tight ends all game. Um, I don't think Oregon's gonna score because our score much. Because I think Georgia's defense still is elite. I know they were talking about last year, or they were talking about the other day. They got a guy now. I think it's uh, man, I can't remember his name. Save my life. But they're saying he's better than the guy who got drafted first overall last year, Trayvon Walker. They're saying this dude's better than him. Um, man. Then you got Noah's. I want to say the day I saw a mock draft that had Georgia having two guys defensively drafted in the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, they got so, and it's literally at each position. They have a stud defense lineman again. They have Nolan Smith who can be a, a, a edge rusher kind of guy, but also play linebacker. And then mm-hmm. you got. Cornerbacks in the country and Keeley Ringo. Um, 
So defensively, man, I think they I don't think they miss a beat. I don't obviously I don't think they're as elite as they were last year. That defense last year was insane. Um I think losing Scene and losing Dean are two big losses. Like Nicobe Dean, in my opinion, was the best part of that team in general. Um, no doubt. Like losing him, I think they're gonna that's 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 gonna hurt them a little bit. So I don't think they're gonna be as dominant as they were on defense last year. But I also just don't think they're a team that's gonna beat anybody with their offense. Um I think Oregon's gonna be ready. Dan Lenning knows the offense he's going up against. He coached with him last year. Um, and he and, and Mario Cristobal didn't leave the cupboard empty. Um, he's stepping into a, a pretty well um, put together team outside the quarterback position. And um, again, I don't think Oregon wins, but I don't think Oregon comes down here and just gets boat raced. I think this game is much closer than a lot of people probably think. I don't think Georgia beats them by whatever, 17 points. Um, wow. So- I think Georgia wins this game. Give me Georgia 24, Oregon 13. Okay. All right. D-Lane? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think they do come down here. I think they get absolutely manhandled. Um, now, the first quarter, you know, it might be kind of like when we went to Dallas a couple years ago, you know, that fast pace, you know, the Oregon – the Oregon offense, you know, it was just – it was so fast-paced. And, you know, we heard all the fans. We sat in the Oregon section. It was, oh, you know, they can't keep up with this speed. Well, hey, you know, let's see if you can do it for 60 minutes. Because we got – we got dudes, you know, 350, you know, who can just weigh on you, you know. And when you get down in them trenches in the – you know, later in the game, it's just, it's just too much. Um, no, you gave up. You gave up. No, I did. I did in the first no, quarter. Yeah, you gave up. You gave up at halftime. You were sulking, ready to go back yeah. to the hotel. And let, and, let, and let me tell you why I gave up. Because now they got him at quarterback. And that's that Bo fucking Knicks. Wow. Um, he didn't look – I mean, obviously it was his first career start. But even his 20th career start, he was the still same fucking Bo Knicks. He was terrible. He's awful. <laughs> um, I'm, but, man, I, hey, now I, wish I, now I wish we had him back. Now I wish we had him back. Um, but, that, but that's – we're not going to talk about that. We'll play Mercer this week. But um, but anyway, I think it's – um, I think Bo Nix, he's coming down here. He gets to visit his father, uh, Georgia, again. Uh, it'll be a nice little family reunion. Um, he'll get spanked for 60 minutes again. But really, on the serious side, I think Georgia is going to – I think Georgia's becoming the – the new Alabama. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying the eight national championships in, you know, 15 years. What I mean by that is, you know, in Alabama, when a guy gets hurt in Alabama, you know, on defense or whatever, they always got another guy like Dallas Turner. He stepped in and now he could be one of the best linebackers in the country, you know. And I think Georgia's the same way. Um, obviously losing uh, Dean, I mean, that's, that's hard to replace. But, man, Kirby's such a defensive mastermind that he knows how, you know, he knows what player to get, you know, to come in and fill that role. And Absolutely. that's what I mean by Georgia's the new Alabama, you know, like if they lose a key guy, they don't have a soft spot. You know, another guy's going to come off the bench and yeah. be just as good, you know, maybe if not better. Um, and I just, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I think it's a waste of a trip for Oregon. Um I don't even think it's going to be close. And I'll say my final score, I'm going to say 41-17. I'll say 41-17. I like Georgia to cover the 17. um, And I don't even think it's going to be close. Man, I love that. Um, 
Now, now I didn't forget a game, did I, DG? <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, good, man. Um, you know, I I got them over here on my phone and everything, and man, I just scrolled right through it. And I forgot all about it. So, man, with that being said, guys, hey, I enjoyed it. I had a blast. I don't know if either one of you caught me on last Saturday's show, but I was on Rising to the Occasions live show. We started at eight o'clock uh, Central. And it was an absolute blast, man. We broke down Nebraska Northwestern. Um, I was on there with Josh's brother and dad, and it was it was an absolute uh, good time. And that's just how much we've grown, man. I wanted to say that to both of you. That's how much we've grown in this short period of time. We started this in December of 2021, and now we're doing Saturday morning live college football shows. I mean, you know, it doesn't get any better than that, man. Oh, yeah. So, fellas, I, I appreciate each one of you joining me, man. I had a blast tonight. And with that being said, I always end it like this, baby. College football season's finally here, and let's get after it. We'll catch you on the next one. We're out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 